Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right. Good morning, Cornerstone. How you doing? All right. I'm so glad to be here. It's my pleasure. And um, I heard that most of you speak Spanish. So I'm going to preach in Spanish today. <laughs> All right. Dios les bendiga. You can say Dios les bendiga. It's an honor to be here with you guys. Um, we just worship. Why don't we, why don't we give up a big hand to the worship team? It was awesome. That last song, I think, is very appropriate for the times that we're living right now. We need the breath of God in our lives. We need his breath in our lungs, especially because we declare that every person that is sick in this moment, we declare healing in the name of Jesus. Not because we said it, it's because he already did it in his name. Amen. We're so glad to be here. It's an honor. I just want to thank uh, Pastor Jody, the elders, to give me the opportunity. I don't know who to blame to bring the Latino here. So remember, if I say something wrong, you just, you know, stay with me. I'm trying to say something, and uh, at least you'll get the point at the rest. If not, you can ask Sandra at the end of the service. She'll translate for me. She knows me. She knows very well. We're just, we're just glad that you're here. If you're online, welcome to you. Thank you for connecting. Thank you for being there every Sunday in our platform on YouTube and Facebook. It's really nice to have you here with us. And, and, and if you're not sick, I think it's time to come back to church. This is a beautiful... Yeah. If you're sick, stay home. But if you're not sick, look, there's a beautiful, beautiful group of here. This is how I feel when it comes to, you know, the people, the children of God come together. The Bible says there's a special blessing. We know that God is everywhere, that he is with us in our houses, everywhere we go. But there's a special blessing when you come to his house. And all his children come together and, and praise him and worship him and give him glory. Because you know what? That is something that we give to him voluntary. We don't get nothing. We don't get nothing. Now, you're going to get fed today with the word of God, hopefully, through what I'm going to say. I'm just, let me pray for you first and pray for me while I'll just bring this word today. And I ask God, in this day, we, we bless your name. We're so grateful for everything you have done. We recognize that things could be worse, but they're not. And thank you for this day. Thank you for your mercy that is every morning is, is new in our life. And today, Father, I'm just going to bring information. I'm just going to give them more information. But it's your Holy Spirit that is going to guide us through this message in the name of Jesus. And everybody says... Uh, I like to hear some amens, okay? Remember, I'm, I'm like half black and half Latino, okay? So I like to hear those amens once in a while. And uh, we are in the middle of a series that we have called The Story. Why this is so important? Because 2020, if we can agree something, is that 2020, somehow we felt that they took something from us. They took the, uh, the dreams the wish to accomplish something. And instead, we got some fear. And we got, people got scared. They don't know what's going to happen. Everybody over 2020, 
Everybody was scared. They didn't know what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen with my family? What's going to happen with my job? I'm going to get sick. And if I get sick, am I, I going to die? And then everybody was afraid. And we feel somehow, I don't know if you agree with me, but somehow we feel that there's an emptiness in us. And in 2021, Pastor Jody came with a vision that in the beginning I was like, how is this going to work? You know, people need a word of hope. And I was just, how, how, how am I going to make it work? And then he says, we're going to go through the whole Bible, book by book. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to, you know, digest that thing. And then I realized that 2021 is the year that we need. Is there something that we need the most? It's the word of God. We have to be filled. Filled. We got to get full, okay, of the word of God. Because we, we feel so empty. 2020 took a lot of things for us. We fight each other, elections, the uh, COVID, finances. But there's one thing. The Bible says that the, the heavens will pass, the earth will pass, but his word will stay for us forever. So that's exactly what we need in this time of crisis. And today, we, we're just going to go through the book a numbers, and the accountant says, amen. amen. <laughs> All the accountants. <laughs> and we, we haven't gone, but this is the fourth the four book of the Bible from the, uh, from the law, the Torah. And when we started, every single book has a meaning. It, there's a teaching, especially for the children of God, and for us in this time. In Genesis, we saw the men uh, fell. Out of the grace, they, they have sin, and they try to reach to God and, and keep making mistakes. And then we found in Exodus, we found the man redeemed and free. So there's a process. That's why the church has processes and systems when it comes to somebody who's new. First, you're far from God. Then God brings you to him and redeem you and get you free. And then in Leviticus, last week, Pastor Stephen did a great job, a phenomenal job. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Stephen, there's just like these people around here that like you, the rest. <laughs> Let's give it up for Pastor Stephen. Yes. And then in Leviticus, we see the man getting close, in, close to God. Because remember, the Bible says that there is an attribute that God only God has. The Bible says that he has it like three times or, 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 or multiplied by three. The Bible doesn't say that God is powerful, 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 or mighty, 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 or strong, 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 or wise, wise, wise. What is it? It's holy, holy, and holy. And there is no way that we're going to relate to a God because we are unclean. There's sin in our lives. So God provides the priest. That's what the book of Leviticus says. It's a manual for the priest to help the people get closer to God. And then we see the, the, the children of Israel worshiping God, getting closer to him. And then we get to the book of Numbers. In Numbers, we see the children of God, now that they know everything in the process, now they go to the wilderness. There's a the, the, the name of Numbers came because of the census. They, they started counting the people. 
But in reality, in, 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 in Hebrew, the real name will be in the wilderness because that's what they did. It's like a journal of everything that they went through. And then we found these people. There's five characters. It's a lot of information, okay? So I'm just going to give a lot of information. So bear with me. There's five characters that you cannot miss in this book. Obviously, we got Moses. We got Aaron. We got his sister, Miriam. And then we got two guys that were the only two people who entered into the promised land from the old uh, families, which was Joshua and Caleb. And then the theme that this book has is determined, remember this, the theme of numbers is determined by the victory that people have when they obeyed God. So if you want to have success in your life, remember this, obeying God is the required number one. And that was one of the biggest issues they have in this situation. Everything started in Mount Sinai. The same way when God asked Moses in Leviticus, he asked him the same question, come to me. He called him from the tabernacle. And this, what can we learn from this? That until, uh, until today, God is still calling us to intimacy. He's still calling us to come closer to him. And then God asked Moses, come over here, come close, because I'm going to tell you something. Numbers 1.1 says like this. Uh, a year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai, Sinai. On the first day of the second month of the year, he said it. He asked him, come closer. Let me tell you something. If there's something that God is telling, if you're going to get something from this message, remember this. God is calling you. God is asking you, come closer to me. If there is a time that we need to get close to God, it's right now. Not tomorrow. The Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not the next day, is today. And he's asking us, come and get close. And when he asks Moses, this is the first thing you're going to do. You're going to start counting every person from certain age. But leave the Levites apart. Don't count them. And the Bible says they count 603,550 people. That's a lot of specific number. And when they didn't count the Levites, there was a reason for that. The biggest reason was that you remember, who's been reading Exodus? Hey, we're in church. Don't lie, okay? We're in church. Everybody. Nice. Pastor Jody, everybody. Yes. Everybody. They, they raised both hands. Okay. God told the firstborn belong to me. I'm gonna, they're special for me. But then in Numbers, he replaced the firstborn with the Levites. And they said, these people, this tribe, they're going to have a special job description. They're going to take care of the tabernacle. They're going to take everything. But when you have over 2 million people walking in the middle of the desert, you, I got to tell you something. There's going to be a lot of organization. You need a, a lot of policies. You need a lot of Peters to run 2 million people. Why? Because God is a God of order. Who likes, to, who likes order? 
You? Those people, I, I live, you know, whatever God wants. Really? God is a God of order. And then he established that order in that organization. And he said, this is the way we're going to do it. And then he put the tabernacle right in the middle and said, the Levites are going to be around them. And then the next, it was the, the, the 12 tribes. And they're going to be around. And God is specific, said in Judah, the tribe of Judah is going to be at the head of the whole camp. Why? Because there was order. In that order always helps when you walk in with a lot of people. What can we learn from this passage? That God always has to be in the middle of our lives. He has to be first. He has to be our priority. He has to be in front of us. He has to guide us. This is one of the things that we, we learn from this book. That if he's not first, and you've got to remember this. God has to be first, and then you put the rest, you know, second, third, whatever you have. But between one, between first and second, there's got to be a big distance. Why? Because this is how you determine how important God is for you. Where are you going to, if you're going to obey God in the middle of the situations? And God told the Levites, this is what you're going to do. Because not everybody could enter into the tabernacle. Everybody has a special job descriptions. Nobody can just took or, or touch the, the utensils. Last night I was telling my daughter, how do you say utens- utensils? Yeah, utensils. No, that utensils. That's how I say it, yeah? And what can we learn from this? That today we have Christians that they said, well, I have a relationship with God my way. I'll seek in, in my terms. And when God brings order, that tells us that it's not my way. It's his way. Why? Because I remember one day I saw something that God is, everybody thinks that the church and God is like Burger. You can have it your way. No. God is like Home Depot. You can do it. We can help, right? Why? Because we have to walk with him. We have to walk in his terms, the way he wants us to do it. Why? Because remember in, in Leviticus when the two sons, the sons of, of the, the high priest Aaron came and they brought a strained fire and they died because they said, okay, we're going to do this our way. And probably today we don't die physically. But let me tell you something. Spiritually, we are just men and women walking. Because we want to do it our way. In chapter 10, we found a very interesting story. Because we all remember Moses' um, father-in-law, a wise guy. He gave him a lot of uh, counsel. But the Bible says, or maybe that wasn't exactly the plans that God had intentionally. How do we know this? If you go with me, Numbers 10, Numbers 10, uh, 29, and you can read with me. It says, one day Moses said to his brother-in-law, Hoab, son of Ruel, the Midianite, we are on our way to the place the Lord promised us. For he said, I will give it to you. And then he said, come with us and we will treat you well. For the Lord has promised wonderful things for Israel. 
But him replied, no, I will not go. I must return to my own land and family. And remember, verse 31. Moses says, please don't leave us. Moses pleaded. You know the places in the wilderness where we should camp. Come be our guide. If you do, we'll share with you all the blessings and the Lord that the Lord give us. God told the, the children in Moses, I will guide you. They have the cloud and they have the, the pillar of, of fire. What can we learn from this? There are certain people in our lives that we don't need. We keep asking people, stay with me. Help me in this area. And there is God. Okay, go ahead. And, and you know what happened? It makes our wandering in the wilderness longer. Why? Because we put our faith, we put our trust in people instead of God. Even Moses tried to put uh, his trust in this guy. Why? Because he knew the place. He knew where to stop. He knew everything about this place. And he somehow feel like this is an innocent mistake, but it's not because God told him that I will guide you. And this is the same promise and the same word that God is telling every single one of us. I will guide you. I know what's best for you. I got a man for you. I got a woman for you. If you wait for me, if you put your trust, I have the job, the right job for you. Hey, can you help me with this? Can you put a word for me? Instead of looking for his guidance. For some reason, we feel that if we can walk with somebody that we can see, that brings us comfort. We feel like, you know what? It's better. I feel like, you know, that brings us peace. But in reality, the Bible says that, that every, every path to the man that looks good at the end is a path of death. That's why we have to put our trust in God. Later on, God has to intervene in two big situations. Number one, what was it? That the people of Israel... They start to, uh, how do you say that? Like, uh, we, 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 not, we don't want the manna. That's not enough. God provide them in the wilderness, the manna. And then they start doing with that fruit or with that, um, uh, uh, you know, the provision that God put for them every day. The Bible says that they start doing, they start to cook it in some way. They put it on the grill. Then they put it on the oven. Then they say, let's just do on the air fryer. They were just making all the recipes available. Let's just do something different. And when you read, you realize that manna tastes like honey. But every time they change the recipe, it tastes like, like, a, like, like, a, like an old oil, bitter. And what that tells us, that we have to follow God's recipe in everything that we do. If he said, this is the way, just follow the way. Obey God in every situation. Then we found even Moses' family. They start complaining. They start criticizing. Say, is only God talking about you? And this is very, very serious. Look at this. Numbers 12, verse 2. They say, has the Lord? You see the, uh, the spice, the, uh, 
the, how sassy she was. Has the Lord spoke only through Moses? Has he spoke through us too? And then this is the part that you should be. But the Lord heard them. And you know, we're not a perfect church. Like, there's no perfect church. We tried our best. We follow guidance. We pray. We have godly men. We have good elders and a senior pastor that help us guide the church. But sometimes we aim to the, to the, uh, to the, to the, um, to the blank. I don't know how you can say that. And sometimes we miss. And you have an idea how many times we hear, why are we doing things this way? Why can we just open the children's? Why can we do this? Why can we do that? Why are we doing the things like the other churches? Because we are not that church. Because God tells us, this is what we want you to do. Just follow the directions. And when we obey God, we get a lot of people, a lot of people just criticizing. And then the, the Bible says, and the Lord heard them. So we got to be very careful with the things that we say. And then we find what we believe is the real reason they stay in the wilderness for 40 years. At this point, they were in the wilderness for two, so technically it was extra 38 years, but in total it was 40. God took the children of Israel out of Egypt with miracles and wonders, and everybody saw, and they say, I'm going to give you a promised land. The promise that I give to Abraham a few years, yeah, just a few years before. But in the way to that promised land, after they left the Mount Sinai, after they knew what to do, they have the tabernacle, they have the presence of God, they have his protection, they have everything, and they start complaining. Have you heard somebody complaining around? I want you to look at the person on your right and ask, are you complaining? Now ask your second option, the one you, on your one left. Are you complaining? And the Bible says they, they murmur. I was like, man, that's a hard word. In Spanish, it's murmurar. So it's almost the same. So they murmur. They complain. They question the leadership. They question, why are we here? Why you brought us to die in this desert when we were so good in Egypt? They forgot they were slaves. And they stopped trusting God. Hebrews 11, 6 says, And it is impossible to please God without what? Everything that has to do with God involves faith. Everything. No matter what you do, you have to have faith. Because anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And the problem is, every time God gives us a word, every time God gives us a promise, somehow, in the way, we find people that we're not supposed to walk with them. God will put people in our path, but he, to help us not so we can put our trust in them. And what happened? They start complaining. Why is it taking so long? Why? Have you ever been on a trip and you start listening to your kids? Are we there yet? No. We're on the drive in the drive of our house. 
We haven't even leave the house. Oh, okay. And then two blocks. Are we there yet? Five minutes later. How much longer? And this, that's when you look at your spouse and say, we should have left this one at the house. And that's when they start blaming one each other. She or him, he came from your family side. He's a complainer. <laughs> Are we there yet? And then the trip starts getting longer and longer. Because when you, don't enjoy, you, when you don't enjoy the ride, just the journey looks longer and longer and longer. And everything with God has to do with faith. And then the people... Of Israel, these people were so stubborn. God told them, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to. They saw all the miracles. And God showed them what is inside the land. God showed them what are we going to do over there. And you know what they did? They still complained. And then at some point, they say, let's send 12 men to explore the land. And that wasn't, in the beginning, that wasn't God's intention. You know what's that, what, what exactly that was saying? We don't trust you. We want to see what's on the other side. I want to see. That's why the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those 12 guys, including, they were just evading Joshua and Caleb. They were just evading. And they went and looked at the land. They came back after 40 days. They came with a report. What was the report? It's too, there are too many. We can't do it. They're too big. They're swallow. They're people. Look at what numbers, numbers um, 13. Numbers 13, verse 32. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land that we travel through and explore will devour anyone who goes in to live there. God told them, I'm going to give it to you. Why are you doubting? And then all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. They're the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we feel like grasshoppers. And that's what we thought. And that's what they thought. The biggest question, they never talked to them. How do they know what they thought? They never talked to them. The Bible says, the way the men think, that's the way he is. And there's something horrible, more horrible than walking with someone so negative. All they see is problems. And God told them, this generation would not enter into the promised land because you didn't believe me. And the best thing we can get out of this, it's a lot of information, it's a lot of stuff. But the best thing we can learn today, if we don't obey God, we're never going to have success. We're never going to be success. Forget about finances, about your dreams. Spiritual. We're never going to get close to him. The Bible says that God talked to Moses face to face. Have you imagined what experience that was? Talking to God face to face.
to face. The children of Israel experienced my miracles and my wonders. But Moses was my friend. And I talked to him face to face. And today, I just want to close. Just encourage you to believe and trust God. Don't put your faith in the system. Don't put your faith in the government. We know that. That changed every four years. And it doesn't matter what's your preference. Never put your faith in a government. Because we don't, believe, we don't belong to this government. We belong to the government of heaven. And he is our Lord and Savior. So today, I just want to encourage you. Just keep reading the book of Numbers. When you go home this week, read it. It's only 36 chapters. Is it 36 chapters? Just five chapters a day. And you'll get it done. You have no idea how much you are going to learn from this. How can we relate to this? Because tomorrow morning when you wake up and say, okay, that's fine. They did a census. They didn't get to the land. They wandered for 40 years. They even have a situation with a prophet that they tried to curse them and they couldn't. And that shows us the mercy of God even when we are unfaithful. What can we learn from this? That even God, even though God gave them food for 40 years, man, God gave them water through the rock. Even God, that God protects them with the cloud, with the fire, give them protection for the enemies, give them leaders. But above all, he gave them the promise of a new beginning, a new land. A land that they're going to say, this is us because God gave it to us. But it wasn't enough. They complained. One and another. Let me tell you something. It took one day for the people of Israel to get out of Egypt. And one day they went out after the ten plagues. But it took 40 years to take Egypt out of Israel. And we see a lot of Christians, and they're safe, and they walk, but they walk defeated. Why? Because they still have those issues and boundaries, and and they're in bondage in their life. Why? Because they decide to believe the world instead of God. And God is asking us today, it's urgent, please put your trust in me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Why? Because this generation was ungrateful. And being grateful opens the doors of heaven for a lot of options in our life. Just keep trusting God. Not believing in God makes our desert or wilderness longer than what it's supposed to be. Not believing in God takes away his presence, the experience to to have his presence in our life. Not believing in God results in complaining and brings spiritual leprosy in our life. When Christ says, I came to give you life in life in abundance, A lot of people say, yes, amen, when I get to heaven. No, 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 no. He was referring to earth. He not only came to save us, 
He came to give us success in everything we do. If we trust him, if we put our life, not believing in God, hindrance, what affects the next generation that is walking behind us, our sons, our daughters, our grandsons, everybody who walks behind us, the way we react in the middle of the wilderness, they'll learn if we don't believe in him and not believe in God. Limit his provision and his presence in our life. Will you receive it today? Why don't you close your eyes and Father, we come before you recognizing that we have done everything in our strength. You have given us this book to guide us, to trust in you. But today, Father, we ask you to forgive us because we have decided in our heart, I'm going to do things in my way. It's my way or no way. And we know that you are a gentleman. You're never going to force us. But today, voluntary, we come before you and say, God, make it your way. Do things your way. We're going to trust you. Help us when we don't believe. Help us in the middle of the wilderness. Bring people that is going to help us lift up our faith and help us reach our potential in you, Father. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you for everything that you have done in our life. And today, we, we, we trace a new line, a new beginning of intimacy because you are calling us from your tabernacle, from your tent, from your present to be with you until the end of the days. Father, thank you for this word. I just hope that they get something. I hope that today we come, we leave this place in a different way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Can you give a big hand to the Lord? I hope you understand what I say. <laughs> Remember, if you get, don't get it, just ask Sandra. She will help you. She knows what I'm trying to say. Thank you for coming today. We, just, we can't leave without declaring our blessing. The blessing that is in Numbers 6. 23 and 24. And uh, I can't say it in English. <laughs> Do you mind? The, okay. The name Okay. Amen. Anyway, we just want to bless you and declare that blessing over your lives. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And he is gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and give you his peace. Church, we love you. We just, we, we're so glad that you came today. Next week, don't come alone. Bring somebody. Next week, we hope to, I'm just going to ask you, please pray for our pastor. He's getting healed. We believe that he's getting healed. He's feeling much better. And um, just keep praying for him, his family, and every single person that has been not feeling that well. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. 
Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.